Hey, Crime Sad listeners, what is up? I know we kept you waiting longer than we wanted to. And if you maybe forgot our names, my name's Ashley. And I'm Ricky. And we've gotten so many awesome messages and reviews. We love the support you guys give this show. It's truly amazing. Seriously, guys, our hearts are full. So on that note, let's jump right into what you came here for. A case that has been keeping the both of us up at night. This case is seriously so disturbing on so many levels. It gets me just absolutely furious. It's surrounded by lust, greed, and strange religious beliefs that are actually pure evil. Today's case is one that just recently popped back into the news, but it's actually been going on for about eight months now. This is about the disappearance of Joshua, also known as J.J. Vallow, and his older sister, Tylee Ryan, who went missing from Rexburg, Idaho, in September of 2019. And the suspect behind it all is someone who you would least expect, their very own mother. While the investigation began following the disappearance of the children, there is a much larger story that began many years earlier. Many people related to the children's mother, Lori Vallow, have either died suddenly or died under mysterious circumstances. Since her arrest in January, more information has come out about extreme religious beliefs which may have led to the deaths of the children. So the story begins with Lori and her third marriage in 2001 to Joseph Ryan Jr., where they had their daughter, Tylee. But the marriage doesn't seem to last, and in 2005, the couple divorced. The following year, Lori is married for the fourth time to Charles Vallow, and so they adopt Joshua, also known as J.J. Vallow. J.J. is the grandson of Charles's sister. J.J. is six years younger than Ty Lee, and he has autism. Life appears relatively calm and stable for the Vallows. The family moves a few different times between Hawaii and Arizona, but from the outside, there's not much anyone is concerned about at this point. However, according to Lori's friends, during this time, she began to become really obsessed with books written by Mormon author Chad Daybell, and the two ended up actually becoming friends, and soon we come to realize that they become more than just friends. Chad Daybell is married to his wife Tammy and works at a publishing business called Spring Creek Book Company. Chad and Tammy have been writing primarily religious books for about 15 years. Some of these books are doomsday prep books and fantasy novels of a world full of bioterrorism attacks and natural disasters. One of his more popular series was Standing in Holy Places. These books prophesize the events leading up to the second coming. Though the stories were actually of themselves fictionalized, They appeared to be based on scripture and were used to help people see and prepare for the second coming of Jesus, a time which would be preceded by natural disasters, war, and increasing wickedness. Friends of Lori say that she was really into the series Standing in Holy Places. So Chad Daybell and Lori actually become close and Lori travels with Chad to conferences where Chad is giving a talk on his books. The two were also on a podcast together in December of 2018. This podcast is put out by Preparing a People, which is a group that is focused on preparing people for the second coming of Jesus, or what essentially amounts to doomsday. 
In this episode, Chad talks to Lori and her close friend Melanie Gibb about two near-death experiences and a visionary gift that let him see beyond the veil. However, this episode is no longer available for streaming, and the podcast has made an effort to now distance itself from Chad and Lori. It's also been reported that Chad's visionary gift allowed him to see the coming death of his wife, Tammy. A few months after doing this podcast with Chad, Lori goes missing for 58 days. From February to March of 2019, no one has any idea where Lori went. She just leaves behind her daughter, her son, and husband Charles behind in Arizona. JJ's biological grandparents said that shortly before leaving, she said that she no longer wanted to care for Charles or JJ and that she believed she was the reincarnated wife of Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon religion. But it makes you wonder if she's completely out of her mind crazy or just super religious or... Was this almost like a strange cover-up to cut out her old family and start a new life with Chad Daybell? Yeah, maybe with all the time that she's spending with Chad Daybell, she's just completely brainwashed. Like, what was the turning point that she completely shut out her whole family? So this is where things get a little crazy. It was January 31st when police arrive at Charles Vallow's house, where JJ, Ty Lee, Lori, and Charles lived together. And they also had living with them their nephew, Nick. Charles initially calls the police because his truck is missing. And, well, more importantly, he can't get a hold of his kids. Lori and his kids are not answering their phone and he can't get into the house. All of his money is noticeably gone from the bank from all of his accounts. He states that he only has $7 to his name to the police. And he feels that Lori is dangerous and completely out of her mind. And some believe this is where the police don't take him seriously at all. Where some see that the police did all that they could at the time. The police did do a search with Charles in his house when they didn't really even have to because it was dark at night and they normally would have to have an issue by the judge. So here we'll play a small clip of that night. The police is wearing his body cam. It's about a 33 minute video, but it's crazy stuff. How old are your kids? Six and a half and 16. Okay. Um, How long have you been trying? Two days. Okay. But she, she's lost her mind. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to say it. We're LDS. She thinks she's a resurrected being and a, and a, a God and member of the 144,000. She's come. Jesus is coming next year. She took all the money out of her bank account today. My truck has gone from the airport. She went to the airport and got it. I just flew in from Houston, from Dallas. Houston and Dallas. So. Uh, Where's your truck? I don't know. Okay. Took a friend of mine's truck had picked me up. I went to the CSI to file a report, uh, which is the community bridges or something, to file a report. So you did, ordered, you did You did. the petition? Yeah, they ordered a pickup. Okay. What they time did, did you do, do that? Hour and a half ago. Okay. So what makes her a danger to herself and she to others? She threatened me, murder me, kill me. She threatened to murder you? Yes. And she said How did she do that? By my bishop right there is in the car. He was on the phone with me today when she said, I will have you destroyed, is what she said there. Okay, that's not that's not a threat to kill you. Yesterday was a threat to kill me. Okay. What, what did she say yesterday? 
She said, you're not Charles. I don't know who you are, what you did with Charles, but I can murder you now with my powers. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're gonna, I'm gonna kill you too. I'm gonna. Uh, yesterday was. I'm so she's speaking you. as a spiritual being. She's not here. She's okay. lost her reality. Is, has, is this sick. is this just all recent, or has it been it's going on? Been going on for about four or five years. It's gotten really, really bad lately. She goes to the temple every day and speaks with Moroni and Jesus Christ, and they tell her what to do. And now she came to her today, and last couple of days she says, "I'm not Charles. Uh, you're not Charles. You're Nick Schneider." where she gets his names from. She got all this stuff from these people in Utah who uh, tell her how many past lives she's had and, and, and probation she's had. And she's uh, uh, was married to Moroni back way back when. And she was also married to James the Just. And uh, uh, okay, this is all foreign to me. So <laughs> it's just it's foreign to me. Well, I'm not it's LDS. Crazy, it's crazy stuff. I know you're using it's, LDS terms here. I, I but it's just it's okay. just she's she's. Nonsensical. So during this time of Lori's mysterious absence, Charles files for divorce. And according to the divorce papers, Charles states that Lori believes she is receiving spiritual revelations and visions to help her gather and prepare the chosen to live in the New Jerusalem after the Great War. And in those same papers, Charles says that Lori threatened to kill him if he got in her way. How crazy is that? And by getting in her way, this means getting in her way of preparing for Christ's second coming, which she believes is this month, July of 2020. Lori also took $35,000 from Charles's accounts without his knowledge before leaving. And despite all of this, when Lori returns, he decides to drop the divorce filings and attempts to reconcile. Charles does not file for divorce again, but the two become somewhat estranged. So whatever Lori says at that point must have been convincing. And you'll soon realize that Lori is just out of her mind crazy. If you've ever seen the videos, if you've ever seen the pictures, you'll really understand this. A little over three months later, on July 11, 2019, Charles comes to Lori's house to pick up JJ, where Lori's brother Alex Cox is at the house. Alex shoots and kills Charles, reportedly in self-defense. Alex claims that Charles tried to hit him with the baseball bat, and so Alex isn't charged. Charles' son from an earlier marriage doesn't buy this self-defense claim at all, saying that his dad was a passive person and would have never tried to hit someone with a baseball bat. This isn't the first time that Alex had issues with one of Lori's exes. In 2007, Alex attacks Joseph Ryan, which is Tylee's father, with a taser and threatens to kill him. What is going on with this family? And these altercations result in Alex being sentenced to three months in jail. After this, Joseph is no longer in the picture. And in 2018, Joseph, which is Tylee's father, dies of a heart attack. What blows my mind is the day after Charles's death goes on like any other. Lori throws a huge pool party at her house and appears to be totally fine. And yeah, like I just said, this is the day after her husband is killed by her brother because of self-defense. 
Now, Charles had an older son named Steve, and he said that Lori's response to the death was callous. She actually told him of his father's death through a text message and refused to answer any of his family questions, including how his father even died, and believes that this was not in any way a self-defense case. And I know there's a lot of people in this case, and it's a lot to take in, but bear with us. So, two months go by after Charles's death. Lori relocates with JJ and Tylee to Rexburg, Idaho, near where Chad Daybell had moved with his wife Tammy sometime earlier. Alex also moves up as well and rents a unit in the same apartment complex as Lori and her kids. So, not too far after they move into Idaho, Lori, JJ, Tylee, and Alex go on a trip to Yellowstone National Park, and it's here that the last photo of Tylee is taken. She's seen going into the park with her family on September 8th, but is never seen again. Lori's friend Melanie Gibbs told police that Lori said Tylee was taking classes at BYU Rexburg, which might account for her absence since the time she was last seen, but... Court records say that they have no record of Tylee being enrolled at any of BYU schools. Tylee's older half-brother named Colby, which is Lori's eldest child from an earlier marriage, says he received two Venmo payments from Tylee's phone, one saying, we love you, and the other just a heart emoji. When he would call to ask to speak with Tylee, Lori would tell him that she's too busy to talk. So maybe it was possible that Tylee had been missing this whole time. Maybe Lori was sending the Venmo. Maybe this was some sort of cover-up to delay the police with their search. No one could really confirm what happened to Tylee, if she was missing, if she was alive, if she was at someone's house. But at the same time, Lori wasn't giving them a reason to believe that something terrible had happened to Tylee. Late in September 2019, Melanie Gibb, who was the friend of Lori's and also worked on the podcast together and also was the one who brought Chad and Lori together, noticed that Lori even said things where JJ was a zombie and Tylee was a zombie. According to Lori and Chad, a zombie is an individual whose mortal spirit has left their body and that their body is now the host of another spirit. And that new spirit is a dark spirit, where a dark spirit takes over a person, their true spirit goes into limbo, and is stuck there until the host body is physically killed. I'm not sure if that made sense, but that's what they explained. For Lori, JJ wasn't the only zombie she encountered. Lori believed that Tylee had become a zombie when she was 12 or 13, an age when she had become too difficult for Lori to deal with. Lori told Melanie she knew JJ was a zombie because of the way he was sitting while watching TV and how he had a bigger vocabulary. And I mean, these were all things that would have been fairly normal for a kid his age, where Melanie never really noticed any odd behavior at all between JJ or Tylee. And as far as police records go, Melanie and her boyfriend are the last people able to confirm seeing JJ on the 22nd of September. On September 23rd, JJ had an unexcused absence for class at his new elementary school in Rexburg. The next day, Lori calls to tell the school that he is going to stay with his grandparents in Louisiana and won't be back until the end of October or possibly even later. By the end of October, Lori informs the school district that JJ will be homeschooled. 
During the subsequent investigation, textbooks or homeschool materials were never found in Lori's apartment to verify this at all. With no one having seen JJ or Ty Lee in weeks, you think any mother would have reached out to authorities for help or a concern for her children, but not Lori. And from here, things just get weirder, especially for other members of Lori and Chad's families. In the beginning of October, Lori runs a storage unit and puts all of Ty Lee and JJ's things in it. Alex is seen going to the storage unit a few times during the month. If Lori planned on seeing her kids again or if they were still living with her, why would she move all of her things out of the house and into a storage unit? So while Lori and Alex were clearing away the children's things in Rexburg, Lori's nephew-in-law, Brandon, is now the target of a failed drive-by shooting back in Arizona. The car was registered to Charles Vallow, Lori's husband, who is now deceased, who died four months ago. Brandon is the soon-to-be ex-husband of Melanie, which is Lori's niece. And Melanie so happens to share the same beliefs that Lori does about the second comings and the end of the world as Lori and Chad. After that failed drive-by, Brandon hired a private investigator to figure out what happened. At the end of October, the investigator sees Melanie and her uncle Alex, which is Lori's brother, packing to move Melanie up to Rexburg to be with Lori. And during the process of packing up the U-Haul for the move, Alex and Melanie, who is the mother of four children, leave a large pile of her children's toys, bedding, and clothes on the curb in Arizona. So back in Rexburg, Chad's wife Tammy calls the police saying that a mask assailant attempted to shoot her with a paintball gun. Police investigate this briefly, but eventually write it off as just a prank, and the search ends. Only 10 days after this incident, Tammy dies of natural causes while asleep in her home with Chad. And only two weeks after the death of his wife of nearly 30 years, and two to three months later after Lori's children have vanished, Chad and Lori fly to Hawaii and get married. If you think this seems kind of suspicious, you're not alone. As February 2020, investigators have reopened the investigation into Tammy's death. An autopsy is being conducted since one was never originally done to see what really caused Tammy's death. So throughout all of this, we have Lori's husband, Charles, who is now dead. Tammy, who was Chad Daybell's wife, is also dead. Which, not to mention, strangely enough, Chad had increased Tammy's life insurance policy before her death from natural causes. And now Lori's kids are missing. Lori and Chad Daybell decided to elope in a romantic spot in Hawaii. It's sick to even see the actual pictures of this day. Chad and Lori are smiling like they're having the best day of their lives, where anyone in their right mind wouldn't even be able to fathom what actually happened at this point. If something like this were to happen to you, I mean, your whole life would be put on pause. At this point, it's been nearly two months since JJ was last seen, and three since Tylee. Police finally come to Lori's apartment for a welfare check when JJ's biological grandparents reach out saying that they haven't heard from him in months. Lori and Chad tell the police that JJ is staying with family in Arizona and that Tylee is away at BYU, both of which the police quickly find to be untrue. The Rexburg police issue warrants for Lori, Alex, and their niece Melanie, 
who they believe conspired with Alex to murder her husband, Brandon, in the drive-by shooting. When the police arrive the following day with the warrants, Lori and Chad are gone, leaving everything, including the storage unit with the children's things in Rexburg. An official investigation into the disappearance of Tylee and JJ finally begins in December 20th of 2019. With Lori and Chad having vanished, Alex and Melanie each get married to new partners, taking their last name. Alex moves back to Arizona with his new wife while the police search for Lori and Chad. On December 12th, Alex collapses in the bathroom of his home and is pronounced dead. Unlike Tammy's death, which the police are still investigating, an autopsy on Alex confirmed that he died of natural causes, blood clots, and high blood pressure. On January 25th, 2020, police were finally able to locate Lori and Chad in Hawaii and find the children were not with them. Lori and Chad have been staying in a condo that costs upwards of $6,000 a month, and the only evidence they found of the kids at all is Tylee's cell phone in with Lori's things. Lori is ordered by the court to produce her children, but misses this deadline and is charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. Her bail is set originally at $5 million, though this is lowered to $1 million later. And Chad Daybell is not arrested. So now after months of lies and running, Lori is finally in custody, but no one knows where her children are. Lori isn't saying anything, and JJ's grandparents are making national pleas for help to find him, and the police still struggle to get any leads on the location of JJ and Tylee. That is, until they start looking at Alex's phone records. The FBI has a unit called the Cellular Analysis Survey Team, also known as CAST, whose goal is to look at our cell phone data, including calls, texts, and GPS information to help solve crimes. Using this data, they locate a few places of special interest that correspond with locations on Chad Daybell's property, Alex's location, and the days that Tylee and JJ went missing. And if you remember, the last day that Tylee was seen was September 8th, 2019, she was at Yellowstone Park with Lori, JJ, and her uncle Alex. This trip is confirmed by GPS, and most importantly, cell phone tower connections and Google account information on Alex's phone. Since Alex had his phone with him the entire night, Cast was able to track all of his movements on the last day that Tylee was seen. Lori, JJ, Alex, and supposedly Tylee leave Yellowstone Park at about 7 p.m. the night of the 8th. They stop at a restaurant, but are all back at Lori's apartment in Rexburg by 9.30. Alex leaves the apartment, spends 10 minutes at a convenience store, and then heads right back to Lori's for another 30 minutes before going back to his own apartment in the same complex. He's there until 2.42 in the morning when he heads back to Lori's apartment. According to the police, this is the only time in September when he's been to Lori's in the middle of the night. He's there for about two hours before going back to his own apartment. And then at 9 a.m., Alex gets up and heads to Chad Daybell's home, located about 30 minutes away. The GPS reading for Alex's phone says that he spent time at the east end of the barn on Chad's property, near a red barn and a fire pit. 
He spends almost three hours there before leaving, stopping at Del Taco and going back to his apartment for the day. Right after Alex leaves, Chad texts his then-wife, Tammy, he shot and killed a raccoon that morning and is burying it in a pet cemetery on their property. The cemetery is in the exact location where Alex had spent two and a half hours earlier that morning. This location becomes a special interest to the police moving forward. Police then go back to examine what they know about the last day JJ was seen and analyze Alex's locations. JJ disappeared at the end of September while Lori's friend Melanie and her boyfriend David were staying in Rexburg. On the night of the 22nd, David remembers that JJ started acting up. Alex came to Lori's and took JJ over to his apartment for a bit. When Alex brings JJ back, he sees what he thinks is a tender moment, JJ being carried by his uncle, asleep with his head on Alex's shoulder. When David and Melanie wake up in the morning, they ask Lori where JJ is, and she tells them that Alex has taken him away since he's acting like a zombie. Lori tells them that JJ was crawling along the kitchen cabinets, up on top of them by the ceiling, and that when JJ was crawling up there, he had knocked a picture of Jesus off the refrigerator. During this, Alex came again and took JJ away. According to his cell phone, Alex went to Chad's property on the morning of the 23rd of September as well, but this time in a different area and only for 20 minutes. So after months and months of searching for the missing children, Tylee and JJ, just recently, only a few weeks ago in mid-June, the police issue a search warrant for Chad's home in Rexburg. After noticing these places of interest that correlate with Alex's phone GPS on the night that Tylee and JJ were last seen, and the affidavit for Chad's arrest notes that they saw patches of ground that looked disturbed. And this was where Alex had spent time on the days that the kids were last seen. After doing a deep investigation in this area where Alex was last seen, a body was found with light brown hair wrapped in plastic and secured with gray duct tape. Authorities confirmed that this was the body of J.J. Vallow. The second site of investigation matched with Alex's location on September 9th, the morning after Tylee was last seen. They ended up finding dog and cat remains and brick, but underneath all of that, investigators found charred and uncharred bones, which they did confirm that these were non-adult human. But... This is later confirmed to be Tylee Ryan's remains. Throughout the search of this property, Chad watched the officers from his car across the street. After JJ's body was uncovered, Chad immediately fled the scene. However, police were able to catch up with him at a traffic light and he was detained and finally charged. With both Lori and Chad now under arrest and the bodies of JJ and Tylee found, Prosecutors are moving forward to charge these two. Lori and Chad's story involves the loss of so many innocent lives. Lori's beautiful kids, Tylee and JJ, Chad's wife, Tammy, and two of Lori's ex-husbands. While pieces are finally starting to fall into place, there is still so much to figure out with this investigation. What really happened to Tylee and JJ on the last nights of their life and why? Why did this even happen? 
What happened to Charles? What happened to Tammy? And what roles did Lori and Chad and Alex play in the loss of these young lives? We really wish we had the answers to this, but this is really just a messed up case. Although this is the end of this episode, this is not the end of finding justice for these innocent lives. We really hope more information unfolds and Lori and Chad get what they deserve. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode and Crime Salad Podcast. We love your support, so definitely send us more supporting reviews. And I know this case is flooded with details, so anything we may have left out, please share on our Facebook discussion group. On our discussion group, we'll also share some pictures as well as on our website. Thank you for listening. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the blood, love, all the pain.